listening to the Babble Ed podcast, hosted by Jonathan Miller and Scott Linder, and brought to you by Connected Learning Partnerships. Jonathan and Scott are international educators and coaches committed to better understanding the world of learning. The Babble Ed podcast is an inquiry into why contemporary educators are grappling with the issues impacting learning in our schools and exploring how diverse approaches to leadership and coaching might offer a fresh perspective. Hello, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. Jonathan Miller here with my co-host, Scott Lindner. Scott, you doing all right today? Doing well. It's Friday here in Beijing, Jonathan, so things are good. Yes. Welcome to episode one, the welcome and introduction, the launch, if you will. Now, we are in a time of COVID, global pandemic, in the space of vulnerability. Are we going to podcast unprotected? Are we going to do this with our masks off? Do you feel comfortable in doing that? I'm game if you are, but maybe that takes us into a whole other space together, Jonathan. Are we, are we feeling levels of trust together? I think so. I, I feel comfortable <laughs> um, and confident. Let's launch into it. So why are we here? Well, I'm here because I like to hang out with you and have a, have a beer on a Friday. and same, same. And just maybe unpack the week and stuff, but also just like I'm here to learn, right? So this is a, a new format for us and also just to share. I hope that as we talk and we work through this together, we're not coming across as if we've got the answers to everything, but really interested to sort of help each other to grow, but also share that with anyone out there who cares to listen. So hello to you out there listening. Yeah, I hope so too, because when it comes to having the answers, we definitely don't have all of those. I definitely don't. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. Yeah. Talk about learning and growth and the struggle to become better. Also... We think about like stories, right? Like so, so much impact happens on telling stories. What was your arrival? We're both coaches where we work, coaches and program coordinators. What was your arrival at becoming a coach? Can we start there? I mean, in all honesty, like grappling with what a coach was came from accepting a job that had it in the title. And like that was my starting point. So I guess I'm here to confirm that, you know, you can do all the reading you like, but sometimes it just gets thrust upon you. And so, uh, it wasn't drowning. It was waving for the first year, I think. Mm-hmm. But um, it began to feel comfortable because I feel like my background being a musician, that all of the, to the extent that I ever got good at anything, and it's for other people to say, mm-hmm. but it was on the back of a one-to-one relationship with a coach. So I think about it from, you know, learning an instrument and and that um, relationship with a, a musician or an expert that was helping me. But I was instantly and pretty much always growing in a space of making mistakes and having them corrected and having that feedback there. So for anyone that out there that I've played music with or to the extent that I'm now working with people, I, I do believe in the power of that one-to-one relationship and, and being being present with someone, but also sharing, learning and practicing it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think sometimes as teachers, we sort of feel like we're supposed to be good automatically. And even as coaches, but you've got to practice this stuff, right? So I'm keen to share those stories with you. And Yeah, me too. I came into this space of being a coach similar. I believe you got into your role, I believe, a year before I entered into mine. And similar, it's like it wasn't the job that I was expecting. Like I knew the coordinator space or understood that, but then there was just kind of the, this coaching piece thrown on top. And then it was like, but I think what's been great is that through this fail forward, learn, get up, try again, you know, kind of that continuous process, 
we've gotten the opportunity to really kind of make something our own and start building something from the ground. Yeah. Build the foundation, if yeah, you will. Yeah. <laughs> Which has been really, really cool. And I'm really glad that I've, I've gotten to be part of that type of thing. Because yeah. not everybody gets to have that autonomy of and trying to become a master at something, which I am so far <laughs> away from. Yeah, I think one of the privileges of a role like this also, and, you know, appreciate chatting with you about this, is that it's incumbent that we understand that there's, there's differences amongst people, you know. So maybe earlier in my career I was also sort of like a bit more myopic and a little bit like it has to be this way. Mm. So what am I actually talking about? I'm, I'm talking about understanding that the people we're working with appreciate receiving information in different ways appreciate the fact that not everyone wants to luxuriate in the complexity of something they just tell me what to do so i have found that and the growth of being able to communicate in that way both challenging but also rewarding right like mm -hmm. the the toughest cookies sometimes when you're working with people in school are the most rewarding too so what i've i've heard people say as well like you know all of the good things in life happen as an uphill journey and you know how do we just keep taking one step after another coaching is hard and learning how to become a good coach and ask questions ask the right questions is hard leading and facilitating groups of people is hard as well so i'm really appreciative to you that you that we were able to band together to share the struggle <laughs> yeah. speaking of the struggle and banning together we just kind of babbled on for a good five minutes Quite the 38 <laughs> seconds so What's with the name of our podcast? Let's jump into that space quick. So to babble, by definition, means to talk rapidly and continuously in an excited or incomprehensible way. If you could rate <laughs> us on a one to 10 on how we've started. We had a strong start, but maybe just then we moved into a space of like, uh, you know, what does it mean to be, to babble on? For me too, just sharing here with you and being vulnerable and sharing it out is we're both, I think, committed to learning. But we're also committed to having fun. Yeah. So, you know, like genuinely this is fun, you know, and, and as we go about it. We also, I think, believe that education actually matters and I don't want that to sound sort of, oh, you know, yes, it matters. But it, we know it matters, but we also know that it can't just be all serious. Yeah. So thinking now about the best people that I've worked with have that ability to laugh and giggle their way through stuff as well, right? Mm -hmm. So... And the best of people can be found in when it's hard, but it also means that we're working in schools because you like working with kids and working with people. And if you're not having fun, what are we doing it for? Absolutely. Another reason we could title this podcast Babbled is because, A, I can't speak coherently. Um, <laughs> second is, if you haven't noticed, listeners out there, my good buddy Scott here does have a thick Aussie accent. <laughs> Luckily, there will be a transcript at the end of this. So uh, good luck, everybody. Although maybe people are listening to us in Australia and are going, geez, what's with you, Jonathan? Yeah, who's this weirdo that he's talking to <laughs> that's, that comes from the Midwest of the United States of America? So when it comes to educational coaching and leadership, which is what we want to explore, unpack, talk about, share our stories, through everything that you've gone through in the last four years, especially going through everything with COVID and this crisis that we've been involved in, what have you come to believe is true? For the truth of it, and I know that on the surface this could sound trite, but I do value and appreciate working with people. So I, I feel that leadership at its best involves people, but also as leaders we know and acknowledge that we have the capacity to influence. So whether that's just people but also systems and, and, and being in that space. So I also think of leadership 
and to be true that so much gets attached to a word before that, right? Mm-hmm. So when we, I'm wondering oh, if people yeah. are listening to this going, oh yeah, what's true about leadership? Is it good leadership, you know, or, you know, effective leadership? Transformational leadership is another one. Yeah. Servant leadership. <laughs> you know, maybe this is topical in the wider world too, right? But there's bad leadership. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even bad leadership has influence. I can't remember who it was. I want to say Max Dupree. If it wasn't Max Dupree, sorry for whoever stated this, but they talked about leadership in the 20th century and they said, you know, you could make the claim that the most influential leaders were Ho Chi Minh, <laughs> Adolf Hitler, and then the following comment, if that's what leadership is, then I don't want to have any part of it. Yeah, it's right. like, yeah, that's right. When we think about leadership, there's sometimes is that caveat or that addition of what's the precursor yeah, to yeah. that word. Yeah, what's in the lead up to it. I mentioned earlier about not being trite around people, but I think what makes leadership almost always challenging is embracing the diversity that goes with that. So if we say and acknowledge we truly believe it about people, then we also got to acknowledge that people are different. And so how are we genuinely being inclusive and embracing that? I I think that is super challenging. I think it's – so the truth might be that it's challenging, (laughs) that, that it's there. I don't want to say it's a challenge to just be open-minded, but to maintain that Mm open-mindedness and truly embrace that influence. And I know to be a musician is to embrace and take the best of influences from people that you're playing with or that you're listening to. And so I think that's also true of your craft, whether it's as a teacher or as a coach or in any leadership space, like the influences on you, being open to that and having you all presumptions challenge so Mm -hmm. in the coaching space as well definitely being about people because you spend so much time in conversation but going into conversation and think of the different levels of listening and it's not about judgment interpretation or even advice giving it's (laughs) listening with empathy listening with growth and thinking i have somebody in front of me that doesn't need fixing But what we're trying to do is come to a common understanding of something in order for us to both move forward, to help something bigger (laughs) move forward. And that's really hard too. When you think that though, right? Like I think I made that mistake today. Like I was just reflecting on this afternoon and going, responding too quickly, feeling the burden of responding with the definitive answer rather than going, hang on, let's ask a question there to go further with this. Rather, I felt that I've made that mistake and it's almost coaching 101, right? Like don't respond, don't feel like you need to have the answer when someone comes to you. Didn't so, use your adaptive schools <laughs> training on that with I the didn't pausing. Have, I didn't have my protocols ready to roll, but it's, it's for sure. Like that stuff is really, really important. Active listening. Somebody brought a point up today in a meeting that I was in and like similar, right? Like the, the coaching 101 and making sure that you, you think about what you're saying first and being open-minded. And I immediately went, no, that won't work. And then I was like, <laughs> I am really sorry. That was not what I should have done. We tell kids to be open-minded and then all of a sudden in the span of like less than a millisecond, no. No, <laughs> it's true. It's true. We also think of leadership and coaching. It's kind of evolved over time, I think, like I think of the coaching space, right? When the reason I got into education and it took me six and a half years to get an undergrad, by the way, I'm very, very proud of that. Iteration and practice. Yes, that's right. Just sprinkle that little (laughs) nugget um, on there. But I got into education because I started coaching Little League Baseball when I was in high school. So I viewed coaching through that lens of sports. And then now I'm in a completely different space and have a better understanding of 
the difference between coaching something and using more questions as opposed to like managing and, and being more of a mentor or advising or instructing. But I find the same, there's been kind of a shift in, in leadership or the term leadership in education over the yeah. years as well. Everything used to be about effective management <laughs> and educational management. It's true. I think I've got a couple of years on you, Jonathan, but I like thinking back to one of the calls and, and like it was about education management. And I was like, it just doesn't seem so relevant now. That's a system, right? Like why would you do a, a master's in educational management necessarily? It seems that the lens certainly in the international space has moved into the coaching space. So I don't know if I want to look back at a redundant qualification, but an educational management seems like I've got a, a qualification in a system. Maybe I'm still not that great at spreadsheets. But Excel like. spreadsheets, <laughs> you do great at those. Like, when is have you ever met a doc? Like somebody like I have a doctorate in educational management. I'm sure they're out there. Like, they might be listening to us. I don't know. <laughs> congratulations, all of you doctorates of education management. You're much more educated than I am. So, who's influenced these beliefs? You know, you talk about leadership as people the capacity to influence, you know, valuing people, all that. I'd like to look back and think about influence and it feels quite instinctive. And I said that about the the music space, but early, early on, like, so I was a brash sort of young teacher and I, I really felt like I had all the answers and I was ready to make a difference. And there was this wonderful, older, wiser teacher. His name is Pat Candy. I know Pat, if you're out there listening, but Pat Candy was one of those great English literature teachers in the in the sort of dead poet society sort of Rob, Robin Williams character mold. But, but what I loved about that was the wisdom that he carried quite lightly, that he was still curious. And so he could see this energy perhaps that I was bringing and desiring to sort of impart, but at the same time going, uh, you know, you, you, you have much to learn, much <laughs> to learn, right? And so... Much early, to learn, you do. <laughs> early on, and so he was taking, probably having a conversation about, you know, struggling maybe with something to do with classroom management or some kids misbehaving, et cetera. And he offered this idea that he would, you know, particularly support me by going, I'll cover your classes if you go and follow that kid around all day. Wow. Right? So you follow them around. The day. So it might have been a grade eight student or something. And, and I was like... Huh. Okay. And even that practical suggestion of going, this kid is more than what you're seeing in this classroom and, and see the differences of that. It made me grow really quickly in, in that as a young teacher, but also echoed later when I was doing a course with Bambi Betts and, and Bambi Betts would talk about like, if it's three whys away, there's a decision to make. And if you can't find the connection immediately to students within three whys, why would we do this? What's the impact with kids? If you can't find that, What's the point in doing it? And I was thinking, yeah, Pat Canty as this older, wiser guy making me in a really practical way follow and appreciate the difference in students made me really quickly understand that, of course, you know, a student is in such a construct in, in a school. It's been really influential on me. But also just going, what's the impact immediately on students is something that still drives me now to go, if you can't find the connection with students straight away, maybe you've got to ask yourself, what's the point in doing that? So how long do you think it took you to move away from like being content focused? Because even as like an elementary teacher, when I started out too, it was so much about, okay, the kids need to learn. I thought they needed to learn like all of the things mm. by the time, like in order for me to show, essentially it's like putting me in, my, me in the center, right? Like <laughs> in order for me to show that I'm really good at what I do, yeah. kids need to know all of the things. 
And then similar to you, some older, wiser people that took me under their wing that had been in the game. It's like, well, they're not. Something Steve Barkley says, who's somebody that has influenced my thinking, especially in the coaching space, is that we don't cause student learning. Student causes student learning. That's true. Us is setting the environment. Yeah. So if we give them an opportunity to feel safe and we connect with them as people, Mm. when did you realize that I need to focus on the relationship a bit more than the content of what I need to deliver? Like most things that I've learned, it probably took a lot of time for that to be rammed home. I think it comes from confidence in your practice too. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, to be, you know, willing to step in that vulnerable space and say, hey, I don't actually know everything like that, but it's okay. I'm willing to learn with you rather than going, well, you must have this, you must have it. And I say that as a diploma coordinator, right? Like it's a, the struggle is yeah. real still, you know, in that, in that space. I am someone who believes there are things that we need to know. I just think we should carefully examine how do I know it and be always open to the space that there's more there than what is like, mm-hmm. you know, immediately given in. Yeah. Um, it's a bit of a privilege to be in that space, to be honest, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree with you. I do come back to, I think every school has these characters and I, we were chatting the other day about sort of some older <laughs> older teachers that still have, like finding the right thing to support and how a, how an older teacher can be really effective. I don't want this to come across at all in a discriminative space, but... I love the thing about Pat Canty, how he sort of grew old gracefully. But I think about that profession is like it's a space where you you can go old gracefully. Mm. How are education, how is our teachers moving through this space and still maintaining the curiosity that they've got more to learn? Maybe that is the epitome of that sort of growth mindset which gets thrown around, right? That there is more there. Couple of things. So you mentioned also about like how do you stay curious? you know, as you've had so many years of experience, right? And it's like what you learn after you might get to a time where you think you know it all, like that's when it really becomes <laughs> awesome. But like, is that where the relevance come in? How do you grow old gracefully and still stay relevant? That was something that we were talking about before. Also, just to touch back about on accountants, my uncle and my cousin are both accountants and yeah. I, I love you dearly. I also <laughs> dated an accountant when I was in college. It didn't, and, um, didn't add up. Well, it, wasn't, it, it didn't work out in the end, right? <laughs> it didn't add up. Bah, bah, boom. But I will say that when they get an opportunity to let loose, they can party. Oh, yeah. I, I will definitely oh, I'm sure say they have fun. Yeah, yeah for sure. Kidding. Like, I th- you know, you talk about, so getting back to growing old gracefully and, and relevance, and about who influenced you. I think of guys like, I mentioned Steve Barkley. You mentioned Babby, Bambi Betts. Another person would be John Maxwell. Those three people are in like their 70s. And then there's Jim Knight, who's a generation below that in his 50s. But then there's somebody like John Wooden, who talked about the pyramid of success mm. from the sports space. And he's would be like 106 now. You know, you want to talk about growing old gracefully and still being relevant. Like you're still relevant long when you're gone. The space around... Getting to expertise, but also knowing that you can practice and continue to develop, but maybe that gets boring. Mm-hmm. So there's always got to be a new thing and knowledge that we can get better at something. Yeah. You know what I can tell you doesn't get boring is it is Friday afternoon. It is Friday and it's after recording. Four. And it's after 4 p.m. There we go. So uh, it's almost time to end. Should we have a refreshment? I think we need to. All right, let's do it. So as we're enjoying this refreshment, you you made the statement that I'm going to keep coming back to about 
leadership and I connected it to coaching as well, that it's all about people. It's all about people, Jimmy. So tell me a school story. <sighs> a time when it went wrong too, right? So, you know, new vice principal coming into the school and we was working along with the, the head of arts at the time of this school was Rick Roberts is a great guy. Rick, if you're out there listening and talking about people that still have fun with things, right? Like not being so serious. So it's Friday night and we'd had a couple of sherbets already, but we're off to meet <laughs> the new vice principal. And it's kind of a big deal in this school. And, and his name was Craig. And I was like, ah, oh, just don't, don't let me get his name wrong. Right? Cause it's all about people, right? We yeah. make that connection. You don't get a second chance to make a first impression, right? That's what so, they say. Anyway, so Craig, 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 and Rick is going, don't say Craig, it's Clive, it's Clive. And I'm going, it's not Craig, it's Craig, it's Craig, Clive, Craig. So we go up to meet him, we're at his house, right? So it's like seven people over and meeting him and it's like, I walk up and I say, hi, Clive, uh, yeah, it's Scott here, um, great to, you know, nice to meet you. And he said, uh, it's Craig, actually. So, <laughs> so I'm in this space of like going... Uh, so before when I was saying leadership and influence and stuff on people, probably the pro tip might be don't get distracted by your friend. Do learn people's names and use that appropriately. I don't know if that's much of a school story. It's all about people, Sean. No doubt, right? James. No right. doubt. <laughs> I remember like my story about like in the space of working with people and growing and getting older. We talked about, you know, people kind of bringing you under your wing. I remember when I was student teaching, the principal – gave me the opportunity to talk in front of some parents about a very kind of like low stakes initiative, right? That mm -hmm. I had kind of helped work with a group of people to build. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he said, why don't you take an opportunity to talk in front of parents? So I did. And I want to tell you, do you want to talk about taking time to let somebody grow? Like <laughs> I bombed. I should have never been allowed to talk ever again. Like it was <laughs> so bad. Like parents stood up and I'm from the Midwest where we're like overly polite. polite. Like we yeah, apologize yeah. to tables and chairs. <laughs> right. And then it was somebody got like that is, uh, I'm sorry, but that is just, that is not good. good. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and the principal is just standing back there going like this. And he had been there for a long time. So he knew and it was a fairly small community. Yeah. Right. So everybody was close and everything. He had the connections. He had the connections. And I talked with him afterwards and he's like, how'd you do, bud? And I'm like, it didn't go well. And he's like, you are absolutely right. right. <laughs> yeah. and, he, and then he's like, well, what's the silver lining? What do you mean? What's the silver lining? I don't know. Can you tell me what the silver lining is? And he's like, well, it'll make a great memory. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So we're, we're bringing it back here. And he's like, oh, and if I would have to give you a grade, and the next time you were to do something like that, and you would improve by 1%, your improvement rate would be like a hundred percent. He's like, I'll get a little, I'll get a little flack, but it'll be okay. Yeah. I kind of expected this to happen, but you gave it a try. Now it's the first time is over yeah. for you. And he's like, but think of this if, if you ever become a leader, because being that I knew kind of what you'd go through, because I went through a similar thing, this yeah. was a kind of fun for me to see a sweat. It is. So it's like, ah, good guy. Thank you. Too, right? Thank you, Charles. Keep offering, you know, any leader out there, keep providing opportunities because, you know, Jonathan Miller appreciates it. That's right. It's all about the people, Scott. No doubt. It's James. all about growth. No. Well, let's wrap it up. Let's get out of here. Let's go home for the day. Sounds good. Uh -huh. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for listening, Scott. It was great to babble with you today, buddy. Cheers. Babble on. Cheers. Babble on. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Babble Ed Podcast. 
Subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. You can connect with Jonathan and Scott via Twitter at JFJMiller and at Lynn Scott or through connectedlearningpartnerships.com. Hey.